Good morning. We are in the third week of our October theme, Cosmic Connections. I love that. I just, it, it is such a rich topic, and, and there are so many ways we can go with it. You know, we talked about the interconnectedness of all life on the first week, week one, with Web of Life. And then, of course, last week, Reverend uh, Maggie Whitehouse spoke to us about the tapestry of life and how, you know, we really are, each of us in our own way, that individualized thread in that tapestry of life. And today's talk is you, me, and thee. <laughs> you, me, and thee. And actually, it's really thee as you and me, isn't it, right? The idea that there is nothing else going on but spirit. There is only God having an experience as form. Spirit has sought and found a way to incarnate itself in manifest form, and we are that. And not only, not only us, but all life everywhere, all manifest form is the body of God. It is this natural and logical outpicturing of a sentient energy that finds itself in matter, out of matter, in form, out of form, having nothing to fashion itself from but itself Everything must be made of that one substance. So that means everything, everything is spirit, right? Everything, in form or out of form, everything is spirit. And Ernest Holmes said in How to Use the Science of Mind, when we say there is one cause back of all manifest form, one intelligence back of all consciousness, and one spirit within all people, we are not denying the reality of created forms or individual experiences. We are affirming the unity of all life, a unity which includes variety. Unity passes into variety and multiplicity without division. Each creation life brings its whole nature to bear upon the individual's expression. Thus, everyone's life not only has God, but all of God, back of, within, and through him. So again, I go back to that analogy of the ocean, right? When you scoop a little cup of ocean water out of the ocean, that, that cup has all of the elements of the ocean in it. It is not all of the ocean, but it absolutely has all of the qualities, all of the elements that are contained in the ocean in that cup. And the same is true for us. We are, of course, not all of God. But everything that God is, is contained within us. All of the qualities, all of the, you know, the ideas that we hold to be true of spirit. So whatever we think of spirit, we know is true for all of its creations. If you believe God is love, it is infused in us. If you think God is eternal, so are we. If you think the beloved is joy, then that too must be our nature. As we see God, we see ourselves. And therefore, we must then see each other. We must, because we're all made. We all spring from the same thing. And in the Course in Miracles writes, when you meet someone, remember it is a holy encounter. As you see him, you will see yourself. As you treat 
him, you will treat yourself. As you think of him, you will think of yourself. Never forget this. For in him, you will find yourself or lose yourself. And we know the truth in that statement. We find ourselves always, don't we, in the goodness of others. And we also lose ourselves in the unskilled behavior of others. You know, we reject our own shadow nature and we project it on others and then we condemn them for acting in the same way that we know we're capable of acting. You know, and then on top of that, we judge them for it, right? We judge them for it, for the same things that we know but yet do not acknowledge can be true for ourselves. You know, I can't be your friend anymore because you don't think or you don't like or dislike or agree with everything that I like or dislike or agree. You know, and, and that's just such nonsense. You know, we reject and we, and we heap scorn or judgment on others for not agreeing with our ideas of how life should be. We are individualized. I have to go back to that, that wonderful, uh, you know, idea that Maggie held that, that uh, threads, this individualized threads, no two thread is alike. Well, we shouldn't have all the same attitudes, all the same thoughts, all the same ideas, all the same likes and dislikes. How can we grow if we were only one unified blob that all thought exactly the same? How can we grow if we are not in, introduced to other concepts, other beliefs, other likes and dislikes that perhaps we'd never thought of before? How can we take it into our consciousness and consider anything if, if we are just surrounded by exact duplicates of ourselves? We can't. Now, Ernest Holmes, in Living the Science of Mind, said, unity does not mean uniformity. Our unity with other people does not mean we must think and act as they do. That's really clear. That's really clear. The idea that you are an individualized expression of God means that you are, you are absolutely here for a purpose. You, your individualized expression is unique and different and unlike anyone else's, and it's necessary here and now. It is necessary that you be here with all of your likes and dislikes, with all of your, your uh, uh, understandings of what life is, right? You like chocolate, I like vanilla. No, actually, it's the other way around. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm the one that likes the chocolate. I like chocolate, you like vanilla. Sorry, we can't be friends. Isn't that ridiculous? I mean, really. You're a morning person. I'm a night owl. I can no longer associate with you. You don't support the same candidate I do. We can't be friends anymore. It is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Ernest Holmes never said that. Ernest Holmes never said we have to be one unified group. We all step on the same foot at the same time. We all think the same thoughts. He never, ever said that. And in words that heal today, he said, again, unity does not mean uniformity. Life has set a stamp of individuality upon everything. From a blade of grass to a person, there is unity at the center, variety at the surface. Let me say that again. There is unity at the center, variety at the surface. These variations are separate and distinct 
without being separated or isolated. Variety feeds on the unity in which it is rooted and expands through a consciousness of being one with the whole. So at the root, we are one. And we, and we come forth and we bloom in all of our individuality, in all of our uniqueness, like no two roses are exactly the same, no two lilies are exactly the same. We absolutely must be that unique individualized expression, unity, not uniformity. We must be our authentic selves to live the life of spirit that spirit intended us to live. Right? We are all imbued with the same exact qualities, like that cup of water, ocean water. We all contain the same elements of spirit. How we display them, how we identify them, how we draw from this universal life and make it our own and then, and then live that individualized life just as we can distinct and separate from, separated right? from, from all other forms, but not separate. You know, we are not meant to be carbon copies of each other, or else spirit would have just made a whole line of robots, you know, that all said and looked exactly the same and all thought exactly the same. No, we are here to be individualized. We are meant to live an authentic life. We are meant to live a life that matters. And, and, and we bring that to life when we live from our soul, when we live from our own authenticity. How, how do we interact in meaningful ways that demonstrate the qualities of God so that we can live a life that matters? Are we even asking the right questions? Sometimes I wonder, what does it take to live a meaningful life? Lots of people want one. Lots of people ask. You see it in self-help books all the time. What makes life meaning? What is a meaningful life? How do I live a meaningful life? Google it. There's a gazillion, there, you know, entries about that. How, how do I, you know, create meaning in my life? You know, the 19th century philosopher Frederick Nietzsche said, <laughs> said the question itself is meaningless because in the midst of living, we are in no position to discern whether our lives matter. And stepping outside of the process of existence to answer the question is impossible. Now, Thaddeus Metz, who is writing the Stanford Dictionary of Philosophy, states that meaning, meaning for our lives, fall into four categories. God-centered meaning, soul-centered meaning, and two types of naturalist meaning. And, you know, God-centered meaning implies that only a deity can provide meaning for our lives. That spirit will just tell you what the meaning is for your life. Soul-centered meaning implies that some part of us exists after death. Some essence of our individuality continues after physical death which provides meaning. And of course, you have these naturalists who, who have discussed the me, you know, meaning of life, and the naturalists fall into two categories, object, objectivists and subjectivists. Now, the objectivists argue that there are absolute truths 
which have value. <laughs> Although they don't exactly agree on what those truths are. But they do say there are absolute truths that provide value in your lives. For example, they believe, you know, maybe creativity provides purpose or virtue provides purpose in our lives. While the subjectivists think that those views are too narrow. If, if meaning happens through cognition, then it can come from any number of sources, can it? I mean, <laughs> you, can, you can create meaning in your life from, for, from what you are attracted to, what, you, what, what creates bliss in your life, what creates passion in your life, how you allow yourselves to be attracted or repelled by certain things. And that creates meaning in your life. But the philosopher Ido Landau suggests that all of us have a need for a meaningful existence. And you, and you know absolutely it's true, isn't this? What, what humans have been thinking their whole lives. Why am I here? What is the meaning of life? What am I supposed to do? When is lunch? I mean, we think of these things all the time. Now, he said this. He said, a meaningful life is one in which there is a significant number of aspects of sufficient value in our lives. And a meaningless life is one in which there is not a sufficient number of aspects of sufficient value. So what that really means is we must create our own lives. You know, we come with all of the qualities of God within us. We have to put it together ourselves. It's like when someone delivers a box of ingredients to your door, right? And you have flour, and you have sugar, and you have oil, and you have salt, but yet you have to put it together yourself, and you bake a cake, or you bake a biscuits, or you bake a pie, or you do what you do with those ingredients. You must decide for yourself what you're going to make and how much it is going to be of value to you, right? And in philosophy now, I love this one, in philosophy now, Tim Bale, the professor of politics at Queen Mary University in London, said, had an extremely simple answer for meaningful life. He said, the meaning of life is not being dead. There you go. <laughs> I kind of like that one. It's really simple. But he, we are here practicing the science of mind and spirit. In Ernest Holmes, in the practical application of science of mind, said this, life is what we make it. Of course, we do not mean that anything we as individuals can do will change the nature of reality. It is self-evident that we cannot do this. What we can do is change our individual relationship to reality so that it presents us with new and happier experiences. This is the practical application of the science of mind. This is what we know as change your thinking, change your life. The qualities of God flowing through us, as us, in the world, can provide meaning in our lives. And we get to pick and choose what qualities and in what amounts we will draw from universal intelligence, from that universal source, to allow to flow through us to create meaning in our lives. 
but we have free will. We are the choosers. We must identify, align with those qualities and then allow them to flow through us. Yes, you, me, and thee are one. We are bound together in this one energy. We are individualized expressions of spirit flowing through us. We are simply channels through which these qualities flow. And yet we have choice. We have choice within this one life to, to, to accept or reject, to, to, to draw to us into our experience or to repel. You know, the, the, we, we draw from this universal energy what we would demonstrate. Like Ernest Holmes said, the mathematician draws math, draws numbers, draws equations out of universal mind. The musician draws music and tonality and song from this universal intelligence. And then the actor draws inspiration and everyone draws from this universal energy what they align with what they absolutely are passionate about, what they desire to flow through them into life. And that makes meaning in our lives. You know, that, that universal energy expresses and experiences itself as us. We are simply the channels through which Spirit recognizes and experiences life as itself. We draw from universal intelligence all the knowledge we desire to fulfill our purpose and our interests. But it is up to us to make those decisions about what we will demonstrate, what we will achieve, what we will do in life. And that, that is what makes meaning in our lives. And each one of us is doing it all with the same ingredients and yet displaying those ingredients, uh, manifesting those ingredients, right? Demonstrating those ingredients so uniquely and differently that no two people can do the same thing the same way. I mean, look at how painters, painters draw inspiration from that one energy and yet every single artist creates a different canvas, creates a different look. There's just so much of that, our own personal identity that flows through us where that divine ideal becomes our idea and expresses as only we can and no one else can. It is up to us to make that decision, to draw from this common source and then individualize it as only we can. You know, meaning of life, and we're all looking for that, we're all looking for our lives to have had meaning. Meaning of life is not how much money you've made, right? It's, it's, it's what you share. Meaning of life is not about what you own, but it's about what you give away. Hmm. You know, meaning in life is the, is the phone call to the friend or the neighbor just to say, hey, how you doing, and, you know, while we're in this COVID bubble, <laughs> and you're in isolation, how are you doing? Anything I can do for you? Anything I can know for you, right? Anything I can know for you in prayer. A life of meaning means dropping that card in the mail. I know, I'm an, I'm an, I'm an oldie. <laughs> I'm still using snail mail, right? But living a life of meaning means dropping that card in the mail that just says thinking of you. 
right? Thinking of you, how you doing? It's making that human connection. Having meaning, having a meaningful life, living a meaningful life is helping someone out when they have to move or they're not feeling well. Or, or maybe they need, maybe they need a, a meal dropped off at the house. Making a meaningful life means helping someone else's life be a little easier. And everyone can do that. You don't need any special talent to do that. We don't need any special resources to do that. We don't need to be billionaires to do that. To create a life of meaning. is to relate to each other as the divine within that we are. To recognize in each other who and what we are. To create a life of meaning is to sit with someone, right, with that second cup of coffee and be that ear, be that listening ear that listens for for understanding rather than response. To live a life of meaning is to understand our connection with each other and with source. Because there's only one thing happening here. There is only God. There is only spirit happening here. You, me, and thee, there's only one of us. There's only God. It is having an experience as you, delightful. And and individualistic as you are. And it's having an experience as me. Delightful and individualistic as I am. And all life everywhere is an expression of the one life of God's as well. So there's only one thing happening. There's only spirit having an experience in form. Thoughts are things. Ernest Holmes said this. You are united with all. You are one with the eternal light itself. The presence of spirit within you blesses everyone you meet, tends to heal everything you touch, brings gladness into the life of everyone you contact. Therefore, you are a blessing to yourself, to humankind, and to the day in which you live. Be that blessing. Remember who you are. When you go out there, either on the phone or through technology, or at the supermarket or at the post office or at the polling place, remember who you are. And greet each and every person that crosses your path the same way, recognizing who they are. We are all spirit. We are all in this together. We are one. Thank you.